Wow. That was a setup. I love when uh, worship just sets you up for your message. Everything's prepared, the table's made, and we just get to sit down and eat of it, eat of him. Uh, Tonight, we're going to continue our message on Advent, and I'm going to talk about peace. How many of you can tangibly feel the peace in the room, his peace? Yeah? That peace is what we're supposed to live in, not just in a worship service. Um, And it's possible, and that's what we're going to talk about tonight. So these days, peace is something that some say you need to fight to maintain. But I believe it's something you need to know how to walk in continually. We have Facebook and social media constantly throwing alerts and notifications that are grabbing our attention and immersing us in other people's lives, drama, tragedy, and testimony. Is that true? We got phone calls, emails. It's just constantly phone vibrating, phone dinging, things alerts, all these things going on. Uh, Maybe you go to work or you go to the local coffee shop, excuse me, and you hear talk of the news and what is going on all around the country. Maybe you have missionary friends that are in other places and you hear what's going on there. Personally, I've got friends in Mexico right now uh, that. There's war. They went home for Thanksgiving to Tennessee and they left their wife and kids in Tennessee and he went, the husband went back down uh, just to serve the people Christmas. They've got all different types of outreaches and things going on that he went down, uh, but it wasn't safe to bring his family back. We've got other friends in Congo that are in the midst of war and Ebola outbreak. So There's tragedy all around us. If we look at the United States, we just had the Bahamas got leveled with a hurricane. California's uh, got fires, or had fires going on. There's things all around us. We're living in a time where disaster is striking. Mozambique got hit with two cyclones back to back. Heidi's out there serving them. Now that's looking at things on a global scale, but what if we look at things in our personal life? What if we zoom in to a little bit of our own life. The holidays can be the best of times or the worst of times. For some, holidays are nothing but pure bliss. For others, it's a time to think about and remember loved ones that have passed on, a family unit that once was unified, that now be broken, that now is broken. As children get older and get married, that also brings its own change to the dynamic of the family unit. Quite frankly, for some, the holidays just get them sad and depressed. You may be asking, where is the happy message? Where's the jingle bells? It's coming, just be patient. (laughs) But I believe we need to face reality and address the feelings and the real pain that many of us go through during this time of year. You know, we can't just move past it and pretend like it's not there. It's a real thing that I think we need to discuss for a minute. So in these times I'm encouraged with Psalm 126 verse 5 those that sow in tears will reap in shouts of joy you know and as we think about the song as we were just declaring he's the way maker the miracle worker promise keeper those that that's part of the way that we continue to declare and walk in the peace in the midst of these circumstances but peace may seem like a tension and a contradiction for you in this season 
How can I be in anticipation for something better when my current situation and circumstances leaves me with no hope? I don't want to undermine the pain if this is where, you, where you're currently at. I understand that it is real, but I want to speak truth. See, the things that I've listed above are facts. And facts are true in its current situation, but it's not truth of itself. Okay, so follow me on this for a minute. Truth has the ability to change facts. Okay, let me put it this way. You go to the doctor and you get a bad report. They may give you your blood results. They may give you the results of a CT scan or some other test that they did. They're bringing facts to you. But the truth of the word, when Jesus, uh, where the scripture says, by his stripes, by the stripes of Jesus, you are healed. The truth of the word can change the facts of your circumstances. Okay? So, so with that, keeping that in mind, what we need is people to come alongside of us and speak truth. I, I think a lot of us are good at coming alongside of people in the midst of their storm and sitting through the storm with them. You know, the scripture says, mourn with those who mourn, rejoice, or rejoice with those who rejoice, mourn with those who mourn. And, and I think we do a good job of that. But I want to kind of challenge us, or I believe God is calling us a step higher to mourn while they mourn. But then when the season of mourning ends, come alongside and speak truth and bring them out of, the, uh, out of the storm and get them back on track for walking in God's purpose and plan in the midst of the circumstances. We need someone to come alongside of us and speak truth to us so we're able to move forward and get a fresh vision and go after the plan. You may say, how is that possible? And I was just meditating on this, and I was reminded of 2 Samuel chapter 12 when um, David and Bathsheba conceived, and that son died. Or before the son died, David was fasting, he was weeping, he was mourning. He was going through this time of mourning, and then the men came and brought him the news, and they didn't know how he was going to take the news because of the way he'd been mourning. And how did David respond? He says, but now, this is uh, verse 15, 2 Samuel chapter 12, verse 15b. Well, the whole thing is 15 through 23. But David responds at the end of this portion of scripture. He says, but now he is dead. Why should I fast? Can I bring him back again? I shall go to him, but he shall not return to me. What does this mean? David knows his son is in heaven. And although he can't come back, at the end of David's race, David will go and be with his son. In, in the midst of circumstances, there's loss, there's pain, there's things that we walk through. But the way that we can walk and maintain peace in the midst of it is keeping our eyes on Jesus. Keeping our eyes on the promise. He's the promise keeper, the way maker, the miracle worker. If we keep our mind fixed on the truth, not the facts, but if we keep our mind fixed on the truth... We're going to see some changes. Yeah, we'll, we'll keep that peace. Hmm. If heaven is a reality in our life, we can have peace through each and every storm and challenge we go through. I want to propose to you that although heaven is real and we believe it is above and God the Father is there, it's still not real enough to us. 
Because if it was, our lives would look different. Heaven, um, if heaven is a reality in our life, we can have peace through each and every storm and challenge that we go through. I want to propose that although heaven is real and we believe it is above and God the Father and Jesus are there, it is still not real to us. And how do we know this? Because if we really believed it and saw it the way it really is, our lives would look radically different. We wouldn't fear death. We wouldn't fear death. I believe we're going to walk into the promises that God has spoken over this church and heaven is going to have to become more. If we're going to walk into the promises that God has spoken over this church, heaven is going to have to become more real to us. In other words, there's some risks that we're going to have to take by the changes that we make in our life in order to step into the promises that he has spoken over this church and over each and every one of our lives. You see, I feel like, and I'm now a part of it, I've been back in the United States almost two years. Yeah, almost two years. So I can identify as a Westerner again, which I never saw myself doing that. But uh, we've become, we get so comfortable in our lives. We're so blessed in the United States, but we've become complacent. I want to, just in this vein, and then we're going to move on to some scriptures, but uh, while we're thinking about the reality of heaven, the Lord kind of reminded me of some personal testimonies along these lines that I said, Lord, where are we going? So uh, one testimony is Shani and I were in Mozambique with, with Heidi's team. We were there for three months. After we did the three-month school, we did a 10-day bush-bush uh, outreach. It's Basically, get on some trucks, load up some equipment, some rice, some beans, some coffee. And uh, I want to say we were like eight to ten hours just in the bush. Um, you know, <laughs> at that time, I, was, I love risk. I love giving it all for Jesus. But I was trying to be practical. Does anybody's practicality or anybody's wisdom or uh, any of that try to get in the way of, 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 of yeah, of God? <laughs> well, we loaded up, I'd say maybe 25 or 30 of us took three or four different vehicles and we had projector screens and big white blankets that we go out there and we show the Jesus film and we go to unreached villages and so we're, you know, you set out and it's daylight, it's nine o'clock in the morning and everybody's singing praise and worship and you've got some Mozambican uh, pastors with you and you've got foreign international mission, you know, kind of us, Westerners, Europeans, Americans, all that. So you're doing this cross-cultural thing and we're all in the, in the trucks and, and in the back bed of the trucks and you're all dirty and covered in orange dirt and all these things, right? Well, by the end of the trip, you're tired, You've been bounced around in the back of these trucks. The excitement, the zeal, all that stuff is wearing off, and you're just ready to pitch your tent, find out where you're sleeping. Well, we're going to unreached villages. So uh, we end up pulling up, and long story short, 
a lot of witch doctors and different things like that. It's dark, so we're pitching tents. A lot of people ended up pitching their tents over ant, ant piles and all those things. So you can imagine all the, the, the spiritual stuff that was going on, you know. The, you're tired. You're real spiritual at that point. Yeah. So <clears throat> we finally get our uh, tents pitched and get the projector screen, get everything set up. Unreached village, predominantly Muslim country, full of witchcraft, witch doctors, real, I don't know where we're at on that, but real stuff. <laughs> uh, yeah. All right, let me go a step further. The, the missionary that lives out there, uh, her and her family from Australia live out there, and, and they would kind of do some of the pioneering stuff and set stuff up. And one time they were in this village and she was sleeping. Her kids and husband weren't there. She was with her local Mozambican team. She's in the tent. She's sleeping. She thinks she hears some chanting. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to push you. Hey, you guys are believers, right? All right. I'm going to push it a little bit on this. But uh, sleeping, she hears chanting going around. She wakes up and there's blood all over her tent. And there's a trail of blood. So what does she do? Gets her local Mozambicans, and they follow the trail of blood. They want to see what happened. Long story short, it was a very kind of well-known witch doctor in that area, and he had tried casting a, like a spell on her, putting doing witchcraft, and basically 100% guaranteed death when this happens. This guy just, it happens. It works. They follow the trail back, and the guy is all cut up on his arms. He's sitting in a chair, and he's almost dead, basically. She says, what happened? And he's just shaking his head. He won't talk. He says, I tried to put this curse on you. He says, but there were angels over each and every one of the tents in that camp. Hmm. And the angels cut me. <laughs> and he, he made it back to his little hut and nearly died ended up giving his life to Jesus and is now preaching the gospel in that village. So we're in that village. And they tell us that after the sun goes down. <laughs> and uh, so we set up to do outreach, show the Jesus film, preach the gospel, share testimonies, all that. And, uh, you know, basically what we do, we put up the... Projector, play music, music draws people in because they don't have electricity, they don't have projectors, TVs. So people are drawn to it, but in an unreached village, it's the drunks, it's the people that you wouldn't want to come to church, come to church. <laughs> you know, it's, it's easy to have church when everybody's in line and in order, but when they're not, it messes up your plan and your program. So long story short, these guys are drunk. Uh, for the protection of the women, we had to pull them out because of some of the things that were happening and put them out of the crowds. And two of the leaders came up to me and says, hey, let's take a prayer walk because they're, they're I mean, they're rocking the trucks. It was, it was really like a, a riot type spirit. I mean, and I'm like, okay, Lord, this is day one of 10 days in the bush. If they flip this truck and break the projectors and the screens, how are we going to preach the gospel? You know, I'm all, I'm all in, but when is enough enough? When can we pack it up and protect, you know, it's just logic. It's not God. <laughs> and uh, so we go on this prayer walk. We're, 
like eight to 10 hours in the bush, 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 bush. They speak Portuguese and local dialect. Well, all of a sudden, me and these two others from Europe are walking and three guys approach us. Later, I came to realize they were wearing all white, looked like their clothes were fresh pressed and ironed. Didn't dawn on me at the time because we were just praying in tongues and trying to get things to get his peace to come. Uh, Long story short, they came up to me and said, what are you doing here? And I thought it was a distraction. I thought somebody else was going to come around and do an attack because that's just the type of atmosphere that was there. It says, uh, what are you doing here? So I just kind of gave him a one-liner. I says, we're preaching the gospel. And I just kept praying. He says, well, what's that? So I one-liner back, John 3, 16, basically. Just, you know, uh, yeah. For God so loved the world, he gave his one and only begotten son. We're here to preach the gospel and release Jesus. Okay. And they walked away. So later, we got, I got together with the other two. I says, what did, because it, it was just, we were all separate praying, but one came to me, one came to him, one came to her. I said, what'd they say? And it was basically the same questions. He says, did you notice they talked perfect English? I said, yeah, it didn't dawn on me. It didn't occur to me. He said, they were angels. I said, nah. He said, no, I was praying and God showed me they were angels in the flesh. I said, okay. He says, what happened? I said, I don't know. They kind of all finished talking to us at the same exact time and just walked into the crowd. He says, yeah, what happened after that? I said, well, peace came over the crowd and we started showing the Jesus film. And that night, Mute, uh, mute spoke. I, I prayed for a mute boy. He spoke. His first words were Yesu, which is Jesus. There was a blind, uh, blind eyes were healed, deaf ears were opened, and many other miracles that night. So it was when the angels entered in, peace came upon the crowd. Another testimony, and I, I don't see a lot of angels, but I'm sharing my two angel testimonies. <laughs> and that's it, so don't think anything else But with angels yet. But, uh, but no, at, at my daughter's birth, last time I shared when Zoe was born, she was born dead. We had to raise her from the dead. Uh, we got to raise her from the dead in, in the delivery room. And, you know, it was, it was great, but it wasn't great. You know, Shawnee here carried Zoe nine months. Uh, she was delivered. Zoe was taken away for tests, ended up in an incubator for 24 hours. Wasn't the plan that we had desired. We desired skin to skin, all these things. So now here we are. Shawnee's out of recovery. Her and I are together in the hospital room. Where's the fun? Where's the excitement? Where's the baby on the chest and the cute pictures and all these things you see on Facebook, right? That, that's, I mean, really, that's what I was anticipating. But now we're in a hospital room. Shawnee's fine. I'm fine. We got 24 hours and we can't see our baby. Mind you, it was in Mexico, war zone. We had a, an army, Mexican army guy with a machine gun standing next to the nursery. So it was army guy, you know, army tanks outside of our window, uh, three <laughs> with multiple guys on each truck and tank with machine guns. And now here we are, we can't see our baby. So I gave Shawnee a few minutes just to kind of rest and say, hey, you're ready to walk. Can we walk to the nursery and just pray over Zoe before we go to sleep? It's about 8.30, 9 o'clock. And she was crying a little bit, and I was crying a little bit. And we just said, come on, let's, let's walk, you know. So we just walked down the hallway, and, 
in Mexico, well, I mean, the scripture says watch and pray. Jesus said watch and pray. And in Mexico, we learn to watch and pray because you don't want to pray with your eyes closed because you don't know what's going to happen. And uh, so I kept my eyes open while we were praying. And we're just praying over Zoe and can see her through the window in the incubator, all that. And we're just praying over her and thanking God for a healthy daughter and all that. No, you know, no lasting issues, all that. And I look up and I see three angels sitting on our incubator. And when I saw the angels, it just brought joy. I realized Jesus was with her. He had sent his angels, were there. Everything was going to be all right. So with that, when we realize, when, when heaven becomes a reality in our life, when it becomes more real to us, see, what is worship? As we're ministering to God the Father, he's releasing heaven on earth. And that's where the peace is. Now, if we can only learn to live in that place, and it is possible, so let's look at Isaiah chapter 9. Well, before we go there, I'm going to read Ephesians 2, 6. Because this is a reminder, we are seated with Christ. See, and God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus in order that in the coming ages he might show the incomparable riches of his grace expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. You see, I think a lot of times, and I had this illustration, I just, we didn't do it. But I, I kind of pictured a stage up here on top of this stage. And that's where we're supposed to be seated. But many of us live down here. And down here is the worries of life, is the issues of life, is the troubles, is the, uh, all the stuff that causes pain. But if we'll step back up and, and be seated where God has put us, See, God put us there, but by the way we choose to think, the way we choose to live, the things we choose to do, we come down here. You see, so if we'll just take that step back up and sit where God's placed us in heavenly places with Christ Jesus and we live from that place, That's where we're going to see the peace. That's where we're going to live and operate in the peace. We're going to be filled with the peace. People will be drawn to his peace in us. And it will become natural for us to release his peace and release the kingdom of God through us to the people around us. You know, before I went into Mexico, I was working at Lowe's and I was, the break room is often a, you know, the break room. So I had, was in full-time ministry and just kind of in a holding season. We had been to Mozambique and was coming back and just needed to get finances and different things taken care of. So I'm at Lowe's, and I'm, I'm kind of lost because my heart has just seen all these miracles, and now I'm back at Lowe's, and I'm sitting in the break room eating my lunch and hearing all these things. Long story short, over the course of time, I never, I tell my guys in Africa, I said, I never told anybody I was a Christian. They look at me like I'm a heathen. I said, if I need to tell them, I shouldn't tell them. If they can't see Christ in me, the hope of glory. See? So over the course of time, they saw Christ in me, the hope of glory, and they would initiate conversations in the break room asking me about Christ, asking me to pray for them, asking me to pray for their families. And we saw lots of breakthrough salvations. Somebody asked me to take them to the beach and water baptize them. You see, it's the Christ in us, the hope of glory, that when we live in that place, when we live seated 
where, where, where we've been seated, where we live in that place, we can release the kingdom. Amen? So let's look at Isaiah 9, 6. Verse 6 and 7, for unto us a child is born, right? We're talking about Advent. This is a part of the Christmas story, um, but there's so much more to it. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulders. And his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. Upon the throne of David and over his kingdom to order it and establish it with judgment and justice. From that time forward, even forever, the zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. He is the Prince of Peace. I can almost hear that song, Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God. Maybe we'll do that after. (laughs) That'll be good. Everlasting Father. Yeah, I can't sing. That's not my grace. But but I I can hear it echoing. Of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. So you may say, in my current situation, I don't see the peace. That's a fact. But the truth says, of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. So I want to propose to you that part of his government is living right. Establishing his government inside of us where we live right, do right, because it's right. That's where peace comes from. You see, a lot of the chaos in, in chaos in people's lives, in our lives, my life, is because we haven't established that peace. We haven't chosen to do things his way. Now, there's other things. There's, it's not always our fault. There's other things, right? <laughs> but a lot of it, or oftentimes, we have the ability to, uh, to make things right, to live right, be right, do right, because it's right. And even if the others aren't right, if we're right, his peace will be upon us. Hmm. Let's just take a minute and ask for his peace to come. Holy Spirit, Prince of Peace, Jesus, we welcome you. Every situation in our life right now that is not in alignment with your plan and your will, with your kingdom, we ask that you show us And give us the opportunity to make it right. Father, we ask that you bring your peace right now into every situation. Into every circumstance. Hmm. I feel like there are some of you that have had, had wrong things done to you. And I hear the Lord saying, because you've done right and you chose not to respond, I will make all things right on your behalf. He is the way maker, the miracle worker, the promise keeper. He's made you promises and you don't currently see them. And right now, the circumstances look the complete opposite of what his promise is. Don't give up. 
continue to keep your eyes on him, continue to trust him. Hmm. He will make it right. Thank you, Father. Let's look at Isaiah chapter 11, verse 1 through 10. I'm going to read it out of the Good News translation. Um, we're familiar with it where it talks about the stump of Jesse. This brings it out as the royal line of David. Um, but it brings, it, it brings the other verses out in a way that I re- it, it just ministers to me. So the, this is uh, Isaiah 11, 1 through 10. The royal line of David is like a tree that has been cut down. But just as new branches sprout from a stump, so a new king will arise from among David's descendants. The Spirit of the Lord will give him wisdom and the knowledge and skill to rule his people. He will know the Lord's will and honor him and find pleasure in obeying him. He will not judge by appearance or hearsay. He will judge judge the poor fairly and defend the rights of the helpless. At his command, the people will be punished, and evil persons will die. He will rule his people with justice and integrity. Wolves and sheep will lie together in peace, and leopards will lie down with young goats. Calves and lion cubs will feed together, and little children will take care of them. Cows and bears will eat together, and their calves and cubs will lie down in peace. Lions will eat straw, as cattle do. Even a baby will not be harmed if it plays near a poisonous snake. On Zion, God's sacred hill, there will be nothing harmful or evil. The land will be as full of knowledge of the Lord as the seas are full of water. A day is coming when the new king from the royal line of David will be a symbol to the nations. They will gather in his royal city and give him honor. And as Charlie was up here reading that scripture, I never saw it before this particular way. But it said wolves and sheep will live together in peace. Well, sheep are wolves' dinner. Calves and lion cubs will feed together. Calves are lions' dinner. Cows and bears. Cows are bears' dinner. Lions will eat straws. Lion will eat straw as cattle do. Lions are carnivores. They eat meat. (laughs) it's, It's almost like an opposite contradiction. But it's not because we see things wrong. We see things as we see them here on earth. We don't see them as the way God created them. See, if we see things from God's perspective, he is bringing all things right. He is bringing all things into alignment. You see, I I was going over this. I thought about Genesis 1-1 when the earth was without form and void. It was basically pure chaos on the water until God said and he brought things into alignment. He brought peace. You know, when Jesus was born, he was born in a time of war. And when he showed up, he started speaking peace. Right now, we're living in a time of chaos. There's all types of stuff going on out there. In the news, in in this nation and other nations, 
But if we'll speak his word, he'll bring peace for us here and now. But that's not the end of the story. It doesn't end there. It's unto something. And that's where true peace is. That's where the eternal peace is. That's where knowing where we're going and what it's going to be like brings us the joy. If this was the end, if all we needed to do was maintain peace here and now while we're on this earth, it'd be a sad ending. (laughs) But knowing where we're going, knowing what's coming, knowing who's coming, Hmm. knowing who's coming. Jesus. We can have the worship team come. Jesus. It is you that we look to. Hmm. It is your everlasting kingdom that we long to see. Hmm. I pray peace. I pray peace over each and every one of us, over our circumstances, over our situations during this holiday season and into the new year. Hmm. say don't look at the facts see Jesus said I am the way I am the truth and I am the life he is life he is truth Hmm. let your truth reign in our lives Lord Hmm. it is your truth that we look to is your truth that we speak. We ask, Lord, that as we align ourselves with you, as we align ourselves with your kingdom, your abundance of peace comes. you no matter what your circumstances look like it's not the end it's not the end storms are temporary this too shall pass Hmm. Jesus your kingdom come your kingdom come your will be done right here in our lives on earth as it is in heaven. And we declare you are the way maker. You are the miracle worker. You are light in the darkness. 
been sitting in darkness, if you've been sitting in your circumstances, I, I, I encourage you to invite the light in. If you've been down here in life, I've been there. <laughs> but I challenge you to step up here. You are a son of God. You are a daughter of God. Your name is known in heaven. He is smiling down upon you. He is calling you by name. My son, put your name there. Come sit next to me. My daughter, put your name there. Come sit next to me. He is calling you up and calling you higher. Will you come? It's an invitation. Will you come? You are here, moving in this mist. I worship you. I worship you. You are here, working in this place, I worship you, I worship you, Waymaker, miracle work, promise keeper, light in the darkness, my God, that is who Father, you are.
Isaiah 26, 3, you will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. Father, we choose to trust in you. We choose to fix our minds on you and step into the place that you've called us to. We sit back down next to you because we are seated with you in heavenly places. Thank you for seating us with you. Thank you for calling us your son and your daughter. Thank you for knowing us by name choosing us to be vessels that your kingdom flows through. Hmm. Hallelujah. So I encourage you, be a vessel that God's created you to be. Let his kingdom flow through you. Let his kingdom flow through you. Each and every one of us have been equipped, called, anointed, and appointed to be kingdom vessels and kingdom carriers. want to come well we sang fill me up <laughs> we should all be full <laughs> but uh but no if 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 you want to come and receive more uh we'll have the altar team come if you just want to be hugged loved on prayed for come altar team you can come